You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to the Real Countdown of the Top 25 Under 25 2023. Awesome list. We have some great things to talk about. We have some great guests. I'm here with one of my favorite guests. Actually, it takes about 30 minutes for us to start the podcast. <laughs> but uh, Ken, also known as Minivan Dad, how are you doing, man? Good. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks for having me again after last year's rambling on episode. <laughs> well, as you all know, Ken Bromberger is is the goalie expert that we uh, count on from time to time. So, you know, goalies are going to be in buckets here, or at least two of them. But we're starting from a recently acquired suite. Someone I interviewed the other day. Uh, in Gothenburg, Elias Anderson makes his entry and his exit from the list, more or less, at number 25. It's a redemption year for him. He struggled, or, or I shouldn't say he struggled. He has had a roller coaster ride from his seventh over, for overall pick in, in uh, the draft. A little bit high, maybe. He would, but we have to remember, he was ranked about 13-15 in that draft year. And... Uh, so it wasn't kind of that reach that many argues that it was. Mm, he struggled a little bit in in Har- um, Hartford and in New York. Went went over to Sweden, came back and and got a deal with uh, the Los Angeles Kings. And last year he performed very very well with Ontario Rain. Um, in regards to the fact that he was moved to the wing, got less defensive responsibilities. Uh, ended up higher up on the ice, more of a four-checker, and what, what we must remember, a goal scorer. Suddenly he got that kind of accolade that, that we thought we would see from when he left Sweden. Um, really, really good player, but that's all I'm going to say about him. I'm actually not going <laughs> to say much more. Because... Hey, sometimes, it, sometimes it takes these guys time to find their way and... and change their expectations and you know that's that's part of part of becoming a pro i think for a lot of these guys which it's, it's an underrated discussion that yeah, people don't have too much about how these guys evolve and we had that interview with leas two weeks ago so i think you, you can uh, figure out what what we think we have the article on the site uh, on monday this obviously goes out on wednesday but let's talk about Two guys that has made quite an impression since their draft years, or one draft year, and and the, since the draft this year, uh, let's start with Jacob Dobish, uh, American Czech goalie, and uh, playing in Ohio State, right? Because yeah. I don't have the I don't have the yeah, well, I think, page yeah, up. He's Ohio State, but it didn't he spend a little time, and I think they just brought him to Laval actually at the end of the yeah. year. So, um, yeah, he's a. Uh, you know, he's an interesting guy. I, I think last year when we talked about him, I thought he was a little bit raw. He's still, I, I, he, he's he's big, but he's not that big. I thought he was much bigger. He's only about 6'4", but he sort of looks like he's like 6'6". Six, six. You know, he, he's one of these rangy guys. Um, in watching him at Ohio State, uh, you know, and I think we should talk about sort of the the, the college development system here. Um 
you know, he, he's got some pretty good technical skills more than I remember him having his, I think his net, po his net, his post integration is really pretty nice. He's pretty solid when he's in tight, you know, he, he does well with sort of, you know, the sort of you know, what they call battling, but it doesn't really battle, you know, he's, he, he's good within tight plays. Um, and he seems to be pretty good with straight on shooters. Um, the one, the one issue that I have with him, which is a huge issue, is his depth in transition. And I think part of that comes from being very, very sort of focused on these shooting opportunities, and he, which he's good at stopping. But, you know, he, he spends time 8, 10 feet out of the crease. I mean, if you watch him in a, in a, in a transition situation, you know, it'll be a two-on-one, and he'll be six feet outside the crease on the primary shooter, you know, it's possible that, you know, at this level, I think he's at the last level where this works, you know, where, and when he, when he, you know, it just leaves that, it leaves that backside so vulnerable. And in the past, and I think it up, up until now, he's been able to sort of make these spectacular sliding saves, you know, on those types of situations um you know or stop the primary shot you know um and then i think there are also times when he's not in transition where he really just takes a, a depth like you know two feet outside the crease two full skate blades outside the crease you know he's a big kid he doesn't need to be that far out and you know it's a, there's a difference between being aggressive and being sort of just a little reckless almost you know it's not reckless because he makes the stops now but you know, you get to the pros the guys see that you're eight feet out of the crease you know they're just gonna a they're gonna wrap around you know they'll do a wrap around the primary guy will just hold it if there's no pass they'll go all the way around and he's gonna have to cover 16 feet to get back to the net um you know to get to the other side and and or you know they'll make two passes and you know he'll the first guy will make a you know make a pass he'll go sliding across and second guy will hold it a second make another pass and back away and it's a wide open net and you know you can get away with that when you can when you're faster than the guys you're playing against and the guys you're playing against don't have sort of necessarily the full team skill you know you may have a great player on one wing and then a guy who's decent on the other wing but isn't going to be a high draft pick or something like that or is a guy just playing college hockey you know when that's in the pro level and everybody can play i think that's i think he's just vastly overexposed at that level and then the other thing i i think that happens with him is that when he makes these sliding saves when he makes these recoveries he doesn't have a lot of body rotation so he's locked on a primary shooter and he has very explosive speed and really pretty good technique, except for this one thing where he, so when he makes his push across, it's really straight across the ice. It's not angled back towards the post. It's not angled back towards the potential next shooter. It's a straight across thing. And it, and, and so you know, what that does is at the pro level, the pass is going to go faster. It's going to get released faster. The shot's going to get released faster. He's probably not going to get there, but he's also not setting himself up for any kind of recovery from that other play. You know, it's a one-time deal. He's pushing, you know, he's pushing from, you know, eight feet outside the crease on one, on, on a, on a, you know, on a wing coming in straight across the middle of the ice parallel to the goal line. And when you do that, 
you're just not giving yourself the best opportunity to stop anything that isn't just a, a, an immediate one-timer that happens to be in your line. And I just think there's a lot more efficiency that he needs to gain in that regard. You know, there's a couple of highlights if you watch him. You know, there's a, it's a game where I think it's the LIU game where, you know, he, he has a guy coming in on a sort of a, a side angle drive, not low angle, but, you know, coming in from the wing and cutting across the front and the guy goes to his backhand and, and Dobish gets beat, you know, five hole, but his five hole was, you know, he had just sort of pushed so hard across the ice. His five hole was like six feet wide. <laughs> You know, and it was just a little bit out of control. And I think that's part of that's part of being so aggressive. You know, if you watch him on his overlaps, on his net and on his post integration, when he's doing an RVH and he's right up against the post, he's terrific. When he's got a drive coming at him and he's doing an overlap, he's he's a foot outside the crease. And there's just it's just too much ground to cover. You know, there are people who can do it. It's it's not necessary. You know, the net is covered. If you're if you have a low angle drive coming at you, you know, it, it, I'm not a big fan of overlap anyway, because I see too many guys get caught on the near side post and then not being able to push back across on a wrap. Um, so I'm a little biased against it, but I'm really biased against it if you're gonna be that far outside, you know, outside the crease. Um it it just gives you too much, there's too much ground to cover and he doesn't rotate well enough to really make that move, you know, back the other way. And so, you know, like I said, I think he's a really interesting prospect. I, I, you know, I, I said we were talking before, you know, about the college thing, you know, he, he's playing a bunch of games, you know, sometimes they're winning nine, nothing. <laughs> you play for a really good NCAA team. You, you know, you're not getting full, you're not getting sort of a full pro experience. You're playing on the weekends. You're playing 40 games that, you know, of which 10 of them are going to be blowouts. You know, it's, it's, it's not hard to play a game. You know, you're going to win, even if you give up a goal. And it's not hard to play a game. You know, you're going to win, even if you give up a goal, if giving up a goal, isn't going to cost you playing time. So, you know, I think there's, you know, and then they get into the playoffs and he, and they did pretty well. You know, he's, he's a good, he's a good goalie. You know, he really is. I just think he's, um, you know, if I were, if I were looking at, if I were the Habs looking at him, I'd be thinking, okay, I got to clean up this guy's transition work and I got to teach him to rotate his upper body because, you know, he's, he's got the tools. He, he plays a little bigger than he is. He's fast. He's very fearless in terms of how he, uh, how he, sort of challenges shooters but you, he's gotta he's gotta be able to understand that the instinct he has doesn't necessarily work at the pro level you know it's just too exposed there's one guy he's been able to do. Jonathan Quick was able to do it you know but he also had you know a Stanley Cup defense that cleaned up anything behind him that doesn't necessarily happen all the time and it puts a lot of pressure on 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 your team and it's not necessary he's big enough to cover the net you know, with his heels on the crease, he doesn't need to be eight feet out of the crease, you know, on a shooter. Um, One thing that and, is spoken about a little bit here in Sweden is that these big goalies tend to go down very early facing the shooter. Uh, a little bit, Bishov did it. Uh, we got other, obviously, Ulmark did it when he was around. Is that, yeah. Uh, and you leave that gap over the shoulder. 
Whereas, yeah, I don't see him doing that that much. And I'm not a huge, like, I, you know, it's the way you play now. You know, what would you rather? Like, to me, you're, I, I, I'm a, I've always been a believer that I would rather have, I would much rather have a guy have to pick a top corner over my shoulder, you know, on the move with a defender challenging him than be able to beat me through the body. You know, I don't see him getting beat a lot through the body. You know, most of it is, uh, I I think, five hole because his legs are splaying out while he's pushing across too far from too far away. Mm -hmm. You know, I think if you if you clean up that, you know, he he actually has a nice cant forward. He's got a nice glove hand. You know, he doesn't seem to me. I, I didn't see him really give up a lot in the way of you know sort of getting beat high you know uh, but again i'm i'm okay with that you know i'm okay with guys getting beat high i think what happens as they get older and they get better and the players they play against get better is they start to understand the angles that these guys can make so you know they probably don't get they don't get beat high much when they're playing against 15 year olds and then Mm -hmm. 16 year olds and 17 and then as they get older all of a sudden you know guy can you know you're not going to see the guy's stick move and suddenly the puck is going to be by you and you know that becomes a question of your body angle you know we, we've talked about this before you know where you get a little forward lean and it just cuts off a little more than that and he seems to have that you know he's not one of these sort of straight up and down blocker guys um which i think is one of the reasons why he's pretty good on these challenges that he makes you know um yeah you know, every once in a while i see one leak through his body because his legs are you know like i said they're you know he's pushing from 18 feet away <laughs> He's got to get there and not everything closes up in time, you know, but I, I would, I would rather have a big guy. I would rather have a big guy who can move and recover, you know, cover the net and block, you know, use his body to cover the net, than use his body to cover the glass behind the crossbar. You know, I, I'd rather have him down than getting beat five hole. So, you know, I, and again, I, I think as long as you do it right, you know, and again, you know, at a certain point, you're going to get beat. And like I said, I would rather have somebody have to get beat by the ear hole constantly, you know, than be able to get beat, you know, with just a decent release through the, you know, is it, at, at his level, that's that's the other thing I think we're just talking, you know, at his level, he should be making the best players on the ice make their best play to beat him. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he's pretty good at that. I just think that the way he makes them do it you know, is not translatable to a to a to a game where, you know, all twenty guys on the roster can light you up. <laughs> so I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to be tough here because we all know how you feel about a certain Caden Primo, but uh, <laughs> but what kind of expectations should we have on on Dolbich this year when he starts to play for Laval behind? <laughs> well, you know, uh, like I said, I think I think. Uh, you know, last year we talked a lot about Caden. I think Caden is what Caden is. You know, Caden is a guy who is pretty good, but he, he to me he just doesn't quite have the body control, and he still doesn't to sort of make that jump where he's going to play thirty games a year in the NHL. You know, I think he's a good AHL goalie who can fill in for you sometimes. You know, I just don't see the ceiling on him being that much higher than it is because he just hasn't changed much. You know, from what I've seen, um, again, I'm not, you know, watching every game he plays. Um, but, you know, Jacob, I, I, I think it depends. You know, I think I think I would expect some major growing pains. <laughs> um, 
you know, when he when he when he hits the pro ranks, I would expect some major growing pains because, you know, especially now in the pro game, there's a lot of transition. There's a lot of there's a lot of cross ice transition. And he, that's really where I think he's too spectacular. Yeah, that that's unsustainable against pros. It just to me, it just is. And I, I would love to see them sort of rein him back a little bit. And, you know, hey, look, you want to you challenge a shooter one-on-one when you know there's no other option? That's great. But if you get a guy coming down the wing in the NHL, there is always going to be somebody coming down the other wing. And there is always going to be somebody else coming up the middle. Yeah. There's always going to be a trail up the middle. And so you got to be able to, you know, maybe go, instead of going eight feet out of the crease, go two, go three. You know, you're big enough and fast enough and – his skating skills seem good enough, you know, that, that you can do that. And then, you know, and then you can sort of work on the trend. Then you can work on that body rotation, which is a much harder thing to get a guy to start to do, I think. Um, but, you know, if you rein him in so that his, the distance he has to travel is a little less than he does now, but he still is blocking the net and feeling comfortable that he's challenging people, you know, then I think it's, then I think it's, you know, I, I like, I like what I see, you know, you never know. I, it's hard to, it's hard to figure out how, how teams will address these kinds of weaknesses, you know, whether they recognize them as what they need to do or whether they say, okay, we got to change everything this guy does. You know, he's getting beaten transition. He's getting beat on straight. We got to change everything he does. It's like, well, okay. You know what? In that case, it's going to be a, a, you know, a multi-year project and who knows. You know, but in his case, I think the simple fix to to begin with is just to rein him in a little bit, teach him, you know, have him stand there, <laughs> have him stand there in a butterfly with his eyes closed, you know, three feet outside the crease and see how many guys can beat him from a spot, you know, 10 feet in front of him, you know, and so he understands he doesn't have to be that far out. You know, it's, 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 I, I think it's also one of those things where I, you know, I don't know what, again, I don't know what sort of coaching he gets. So. You know, there is a school of thought, you know, challenge the shooter and that's great. And that's get that gets rewarded, you know, along the way that gets rewarded. Um, but, you know, I think he's, I think NCAA is the last level where that gets rewarded. I think yeah. after this is when things start to get a little bit crazy. Um, it's going to be, you know, and kind of a good school of shooters in, in, in that Laval team. So even practice yeah. is going to be pretty, yeah. pretty important for him. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and coming back. Pretty soon. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two now streaming only on Disney Plus. And there we have it. Um, we're back, and obviously, as Ken said, uh, it's Mr. Fowler, and we're not talking about Robbie Fowler, scorer for Liverpool when I grew up, but we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> we're Jacob talking Fowler. about J- another Jacob, Jacob Fowler. Probably going to to uh, World Juniors this year. Are going to line up with uh, Boston College in the NCAA, and we just heard what Ken thinks about the development path <laughs> there. But but the national team and in, in U.S. national team is going to be pretty good with with Fowler in yeah. that for the World Juniors. Yeah, and I think also you know uh, BC has had a record of you know not ruining guys, so <laughs> so that's good. 
you know, Thatcher, Demko, and, you know, they, they've had some guys come out yeah. who can play. So, um, you know, and again, I think for Fowler, it's interesting because as, as I've been uh, talking to some of the folks, one of the knocks on him was, I guess, you know, he's a kid, he's 18, you know, he's, he's got a little baby fat on him. You know, people were worried about his conditioning, although it doesn't seem to show up in games. But the flip side of what we were talking about with Dobish with the NCAA is that, and I remember talking, I think it was Alex Lyon. I spoke to a bazillion years ago about the difference between sort of his four years at Yale and the, and the, you know, the, the guys coming out of juniors was that, or out of the OHL was that he, or the CHL was that he, you know, he could work, they, they work out, you know, they have access to gym, they have time, they have, you know, they, they have their studies, they have coaches who make sure they have, you know, everything that they are doing is programmed so that they have gym time and they do get in shape. You know, if, if anyone's worried about his conditioning, that, that should not be a problem, you know, coming out of, coming out of that NCA program, because like I said, they, you know, they, they spend, you know, a lot of time practicing and a lot of time in the gym and, and, you know, it, it, they can really get a lot of those conditioning issues, you know, really ramp up their conditioning is what they can do. You know, I think that, you know, obviously the, the, the game competition is a little bit, you know, sort of up and down, you know, also, you know, if you're coming out of Boston though, which is nice, you know, you play in the bean pot, which is major, 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 you know, public sort of scrutiny, <laughs> um, you know, and, uh, and like I said, you know, Team USA, you know, you're going to if you're going to if you're going to play international, you know, you're going to see some new stuff than then you're going to see playing three years in the U, in the USHL on the Youngstown Phantoms. And, you know, we were just talking about it beforehand that he got a taste of that last night <laughs> or I guess it's two nights ago. Is it two nights ago? Yeah. It's going to be last a, night. A I don't know when it is. Ago when, when we well, you know, whatever this. day, whatever day this is coming out on. You know, where the you know, they, they were down three nothing. They were splitting the game. He, yeah, they were down three nothing. He came in as as the second goalie, already seeing his team getting slammed, and um, they continued to get slammed. And he gave up another four, one of which was a straight on shot, another which you know sort of bounced off his back and went in, you know. But you know they were they were that was an onslaught from the Swedes, <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and you know I think I, like I said I not having watched him you know, forever. Um, you know, that, that's a great, to me, that this is the kind of stuff that these guys need, you know, you, you, you go to the USA, you know, the USHL and you're on a good team and you're playing well and you're, you've got a lot of, you know, and, and, and you get used to a certain level of competition. Um, and then all of a sudden you're on a team with a USA on your front and you're getting your butts kicked and, you know, you have to kind of learn how to play those games and see what it's like. And I think that, you know, he he got exposed a little bit, but I don't think that he got exposed for what he does. I think he got exposed for what he did in that game, which was, you know, he's a guy who is very, he's like the opposite of Dobish. You know, he's, you know, and we like him a lot at Ingle. He's, 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 um, you know, he he's a very sort of, I, I hate, I, I don't like to say technical. He's a conservatively positioned goalie. You know, he, he spends a lot of time toes on the crease, heels on the crease. You know, he, he doesn't, he, you know, he, when it's a breakaway, he comes out and does the breakaway thing like you're supposed to, but you know, a lot of the time he is, he is in inside the net, you know, he's, he's, 
controlling where he is all the time. Um, you know, he's a little deep for a lot of guys' taste, but he makes the saves. He's always on angle. He's always in position. He is very fast, which, you know, I, it, it, he's one of these guys I sort of really like because I, one of the things I always like to say about these guys is he's really fast, but he never looks like he's moving. So, you know, because he just doesn't move very far. He doesn't have to move very far the way he positions himself. Um, you know, he's a little bit, you know, I think on power plays, he's a little bit vulnerable, but hey, you know what? Uh, so is everybody and figure it out. Um, you know, he's, if you watch his highlight reels, you know, you can go nine, 10 minutes and you'll watch him and you'll never see him on his butt. You know, he's always in control. He's always sort of moving forward. He's always got his, he's always, always sort of, as we say, on top, on top of the puck, which I hate, but, you know, uh, people get, people get what it means. You know, he's, he's not scrambling around on his behind, you know, sort of slaying his legs out to hope that somebody doesn't score. You know, he knows where the puck is. He follows his rebounds. He, he knows where the puck is after it hits him and he goes there, you know, and I think if you watch him in the game against Sweden, he comes in, he knows the team's getting slaughtered, and he you know, has a little bit of extra energy. It's a little bit of extra thing, you know, so he gets, instead of being, you know, instead of sort of pushing over and being into control, he challenges the shooter, and he's a little bit further out than he's used to. And, you know, that is something that he is going to have to do. You know, I think that's one of the things that, that, you know, he will have to learn is how to expand his depth a little bit and how to challenge a little more effectively. Um, but I think he's one of these guys where the best thing to do is just kind of let him figure it out a little bit. And, you know, if you, if you see him get beat high glove or he gets beat, like we were talking about over the shoulder. Okay. You know, so what do you do? You need an extra skate blade of depth. How do you get an extra skate blade of depth? You just do it. You know, you do what you're doing. You don't become more aggressive. You don't you don't try and do anything faster. You just do what you do and just go a little further, <laughs> you know, and yeah. trust that. And I think that's what he's going to have to learn. Uh, you know, I hope I'm sure part of it will come at BC. You know, as the competition ramps up a little bit, he will definitely get a taste of it with you know with the with the national team stuff. You know, when you play the better teams and you play faster guys and you play more talented guys, you know, the worst thing you can do is think you have to change what you do to make yourself better. You know, a guy like him has had a lot of success. He's got all the tools that you need. He just needs to know how to do it a little bit more or a little bit faster or a little bit. Uh, but he doesn't have to change what he does to do that. All you have to do is just kind of get it in your mindset that I can do this. You know, I, I can I can go an extra skate blade out and I can get back an extra skate blade out and I can do it just as fast as I need to do it because I'm fast enough to do this and i think that's one of the things about him that from what i gather is that people really you know it seemed like we were talking about before the only knock on him was a few people saying you know he's got some baby fat whatever but he's you know i i could see i could see and i hope it doesn't happen i could see people looking at him thinking okay he's too conservative you know he's too quote-unquote technical which i hate but you know he he needs to he needs to be more aggressive. And the worst thing you can do is tell a guy who plays like him 
you need to be more aggressive because then guess what? They get they more aggressive. <laughs> yeah, they get more aggressive and everything they do doesn't hold. You know, if, if your mindset is be more aggressive, then everything you do becomes more exaggerated and more. And I think that's kind of what happened to him against Sweden is that, you know, he, you could just, you know, if you watch his, if you watch his Youngstown highlights, he's, he's very, you know, his, his films, you know, he's very always under control, never out of position, you know, and always making a second save and a third save and, and, you know, and then against in the in the swing game, you know, he's making a save or there was a deflection and then he would sort of be a little bit off because he's pushing a little too hard, you know, and pushing a little too hard, getting himself a little too far. And the worst thing to do is to think, OK, I have to be more aggressive because that's exactly what happens is, you know, you push too far, but you're not in control. You know, there's a big difference. I was, there's a big difference between pushing farther out and taking an extra skate blade of depth so if you try and push one skate blade further you know or if your mind you're thinking i gotta get further out then you don't necessarily do it under control the way you can whereas if it's like okay i just need to do this a little i need to i need to get further out with my normal pushes you know and once you and if and if you do that then all of a sudden, you know, you're going instead of challenging a shooter with your toes on the crease, you're challenging the shooter with your heels on the crease. You know, in a power play, you're maintaining your depth, you know, at the top of the crease instead of two thirds of the way up the crease. And then, you know, when you're pushing back to the post, you're pushing just a little bit further than the post. So you're safe and covering. And all of a sudden, everything just makes sense, you know, and that takes time. It takes time and trust in what you do and how you do it and it takes the faith of your goalie coaches and system to keep doing it you know to let you fail <laughs> you know yeah let i mean you it's fail it's how we all learn to ride a bike as well we had to fail a few times yeah you know and and i think that's one of the things with goalies is that people are afraid of these guys you know we we're talking a little bit about joe verbetic who i haven't really watched much or verbetic i can't pronounce his name mm -hmm. But, you know, he's getting lit up, you know, hey, good. You know what? Most of these kids, they don't get lit up when they're 14 or 15 or 16. They play on good teams, you know, because they're good. And, you know, they're not they're not facing 45 shots a game or 50 shots a game in a game that they have no chance to win unless they don't give up a goal. You know, <laughs> let's every I think every goalie should experience that because it it it, it tests you, you know, it hones you. And that's why you know, I was actually glad to watch to watch that game, you know, with, with Fowler, because, you know, there's one shot that he gives up. That's a, you know, that's over his, that's over his glove and Hey, you know, what's going to happen. Um, and, you know, don't go changing everything just because that happens once, but you know, the other goals were all scrambly goals. And if you watch him Youngstown and the USHL stuff, never scrambling. So, you know, the takeaway is okay. You know, he was scrambling. So you learn how to not scramble basically. You know, looking at it though, we we have a development path here again, NCAA. But he's coming in to one of the biggest fan bases and organizations. Yeah. Uh, he knows yeah. the media is there. He's playing international now. He knows there are more TV cameras. He knows there that affects yeah. him as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's these kids. You know, it's a different world. 
you know, once you get drafted, it's a different world. The expectations change. You know, I, I, I was, we, uh, you know, we, we, we never really talk about non-goalie stuff. Like Cole Caulfield was one of these guys who I, I'm, I'm thrilled the way he's played, you know, pro because, you know, look in college, it's, you know, the, if you're a first round draft pick and you're playing college hockey, you should be the best guy on the ice, you know, other than the other first round pick on the other side, you know, so success in college at that level, you know, you should have it, <laughs> you know, you really should, you know, these goalies who are, who are, who are high picks, they should be good. <laughs> you know, that doesn't mean that what they're, you know, that doesn't mean that you should discount what they're doing, but it also, I'm not sure translates necessarily. So you're going to see in Buffalo with Devin Levy, you know, we'll see what happens there. You know, he looked pretty good, but you know, again, you know, the worst thing that can happen is that you come out and play really well and everybody suddenly thinks you're, you know, a savior and, you're the next you know, and then, in Montreal, you don't want yeah, to do that. <laughs> right. You know, look, I mean, you know, the next carry price, everybody's going to have to deal with what's the next carry price, you know, meanwhile, Samuel Maltenbaugh has been doing fine, you know, coming out of nowhere. I, you know, I didn't see that happening. I don't think anybody it, saw it, that it, happening. <laughs> it's as we always again, say, goalies are voodoo. And and yeah, uh, they're not Bowl. voodoo. They're <laughs> not voodoo. You know, they're not voodoo. There are certain fundamentals that guys have to have, and I think you know we we're talking about two guys who have them, and it's interesting that they're both sort of they're, they both have terrific fundamentals. With well, I shouldn't say terrific fundamentals. I don't love the way Dobish sort of doesn't rotate when he pushes. That you know Martin Jones yeah. did that for years. He couldn't. You know, he he had limited limited rotational sort of motion and that really ultimately can expose you um to side you know to side to side kind of plays um you just need a little more of that and you can teach that but like i said he's i think a lot of his issues you know we, we two guys really with two different issues it's interesting because you know fowler is very much a conservative kind of positioning guy who's going to have to learn to be just a little more aggressive uh, aggressive there i did it see yeah. it's ingrained i did it um you know he has to he has to learn to, to be a little more um a little more uh i need a better word than aggressive what's the word we can use you know it just needs to be a little more uh, a, a little more confident, you know, it, it's really a confident thing. And I'm sure he's a confident kid, you know, but you have to be confident in your ability to stretch yourself. You, know, you have to be confident in your ability to fail and get better from it, which is why I loved seeing him get just, you know, annihilated by sweet, you know, Hey, you know what? Let's, I love that. I love that he that that happened. It wasn't a gold medal game. You know, it was just a thing. You know, and and so okay. You know, now we see. You know, I I we used to joke because at EOTP I used to just go one play. You know, one play was my thing. I would do one play, and we would talk about what it meant. And so, you know, with him, I would take any any one of those goals he gives up, and uh, uh, other than sort of the straight shot from the midline that I can't remember who took it, but um. You know, and just say, okay, what do you learn from this? You know, one one he's getting plowed over by his you know, the last goal he's getting plowed over by his own guy, so you can or by his own guy pushing a, a Swedish, uh, you know, a, a forward into him, so you can get rid of that one. <laughs> but you know, there's a couple of goals that are these scrambling little side to side plays, and you know, I would take one of those and sit with him and say, okay, did you need to do this? Did you need to do that? What happened? You know, what happened? How are you out of position here? You know. And are you normally out of position in those plays to which you would probably say no. And you say, okay, well, why? 
okay, well, you know what? Uh, well, I wanted to get further. Okay. Well, if you wanted to get further out, how do you do that without losing control and figure that out and you're golden, you know, and, and everything is a learning experience. And I would do the same thing with Dobish and the completely opposite thing. It's okay. What would, what would be the worst thing that happened if you were five feet closer to the net, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, or what would be the worst thing? You know, I, I, I've given one goalie lesson in my life on the ice to a beginner goalie. And the first thing I did was I had her, she had been playing for about a year. And, you know, most of the time I sort of sit and watch video and, and talk to people about stuff like that. Cause I, I never played and I can't skate, but I, <laughs> I can't skate now, but I, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time, you know, sort of, uh, you know, in the youth realm watching goalies and learning about them. And then eventually, you know, got within goal and the EOTP and everything. And so, you know, but my, my thing has always been watching. It's always been watching. I've never really taught. So one day I got on the ice with this beginner from my, one of my daughter's, you know, goalie team, one of my daughter's youth teams. And, and she was sort of the backup goalie and she had to play a game. And the first thing I did, she was always moving. And the first thing I did was I had her sit in a butterfly. And we were talking about this beforehand as a joke, but literally this is what I had her do. I had her sit in a butterfly in the crease in front of the goal. And I gave every girl on the team a puck. And they had to come up and just shoot from like two feet in front of her. Right. And she had to keep her eyes closed the whole time. Mm -hmm. So they all came up and shot. And then I had her open her eyes. And I said, look in the net. And she looked in the net and there were no pucks in the net. And I said, so see, you didn't move at all. They were always shooting from the same spot. You knew that they couldn't, you knew that you were in the right spot and they all shot and nothing went through you. So what does that tell you? And she said, that if I'm in position, I don't have to move. I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the net covered, you don't have to move. And she went out and like stopped like, you know, 50 shots or something the next game. It wasn't all me, but yeah, but that's the thing. I think they're, you know, like Probably with, Dobish, would, as well. with Dobish, I would almost have them do that. I would be like, okay, you know, just let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. If you're three, if, if, if see what happens, if you just rein in your depth a little bit, see how many guys can actually beat you from there, you know, because then everything else you have to do becomes easier as opposed to making it hard. So it may, you may feel like it's easier for you to be, you know, five to eight feet outside of the crease on a, on a, against the primary shooter, but you don't, you may not need to be there and you just need the confidence to know you're not, you don't have to be there. And then you can do all the other stuff so much easier, you know? And, and I think that's the thing, you know, you see guys in the NHL come out that far, you know, only in certain certain situations you know it can't be your it can't be your goat it can't be your default position you know because then the other thing that happens is if you're not far enough out you know if you're not far enough out you're there still yeah if you're not far enough out you start to feel like you're not far enough out and then you start pushing even further and further and further whereas you know, it's like i said it's all about it's all about confidence you know to me and, and, and these guys no one would ever think that these guys don't have confidence you know, and that's what's so funny about it is that 
you know, you're talking about two different things, but to change what you do, you know, to adapt to the next level, you have to have confidence that what you're doing will work. And in Dobish's case, I think it's, you have to have confidence that you can rein it in a little and still be awesome, you know, and still be fast as hell and still be spectacular when you need to be, you know, and feel like you're, you know, feel like you're engaged. You know, that's like a lot of it with some of these guys too. They want to feel like they're challenging and feel like they're engaged. So, you know, that you can do that without, you know, without putting yourself at risk like that. And then with Fowler, it's the other thing. It's, you know, I can do what I do. I can be a con, I can sort of be a, you know, I can be a conservative position, you know, very sort of smooth and efficient, um, you know, but I can also be a little bit further out. I can be a little bit more, you know, a little bit more challenging, a little bit more, you know, a, a little bit more, um, uh, uh, oh, I had a word. Confident is part of the word. I can be a more of a presence. You know, I can be more of an authority. I can be more of an authority. I can say, this is my crease. This is my place. You know, I don't need to be, I don't need to be that far out to do it, but I need to be a little further out than I am. And he may not be, you know, he may not have to, you know, you'll see, you know, some of these guys, you know, look, you know, you're, you know, Henrik Lundqvist played the entire, you know, he challenged when he had to, you know, you, you would see him, you know, I mean, I can remember him playing against, I think it was the Canadians actually, when he was, you know, chasing somebody around the back of the net, you know, <laughs> he'll do that from time to time. Um, but I'm just going to move, plug in my phone here while I'm rambling. Um, but so they, um, you know, but you know, he was always in position, but he also had, it's, you know, that was how he, that was how he was aggressive. You know, that was how he was confident. That was how he was dominant was he was, you know, he knew he was in position and he knew he had the, he knew he had the reflexes and the, and the, and the shot reading ability to play as deep as he did, but still be able to cover the net. And really it all comes down to covering the net. You know, you can lie in your, uh, the, the ideal goalie would be, you know, six by four. <laughs> right. So, you know, if you can cover the net in the minimum amount of, of if you can cover the net in all situations and with the minimum amount of, of energy expended and the minimum amount of risk taken, then, you know, you're perfect and no one's perfect, but, you know, you always want to sort of strive to it, you know, and I think that's, that's what I think. I would love to see with these guys. I think these guys are two really different kinds of prospects who are pretty exciting. You know, they're pretty exciting. I mean, again, you know, I haven't watched them since they were little kids. I can't tell you what they were, you know, were growing up, but you know, from what I've seen, you know, both of them look like they have, you know, pro level. So, you know, talking about Fowler, you know, Fowler, if you go by what the track record is of guys who kind of have his, you know, positioning ability, it's pretty high, you know, it's pretty high. Um, like I said, you compare him pretty, to someone active. I'm now? not going to, I'm not going to do that. No, I, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know. I know. Uh, I know. No, That's I why I put you on the spot. I don't want to do that in Montreal. No way. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I like him. I think he's, you know, I think he's um, trying to think of, I, I'm trying to think if I can come up with anybody. Uh, you know, a guy like that who I saw, you know, but has doesn't quite play like that anymore is Carter Hart when he first came up. 
you know, a little conservative in the positioning, but had the ability to do a lot of stuff. His post integration was terrific. You know, he had, he's changed a little bit of what he does. I don't want to get into that. You know. That's another hour. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but I think that's, that's the kind of, you know, I think that's the kind of, of player that Valor is, you know, I think he's, he's a, he's a, he's a position first guy, but he has very good technical skills. He's a good skater. He seems to be, he's, fast side to side he's fast in positioning I, I i do i think the only thing that really will have to happen with him is that he has to get he has to trust that along the way because it's gonna you know it gets bumpy you know we were talking about angles that guys can shoot you know all of a sudden you know you're in the pros and you, you know a guy releases the puck before you even saw it or they shoot from behind a screen that you didn't even think was there you know and and you have to trust your positioning to make that play and things happen faster and, and you just have to trust in you. When you're a guy like Fowler, you have to trust that what you do at this level can, can work at the next level. And you just have to figure out what the mindset is that you need to have to make it work. You know, whether it's, you know, we talked about taking an extra skate blade, but that that's not always it necessarily. You know, maybe a little more forward lean on your post stuff. You know, you never know what exactly. You know, maybe a little change. Uh, you know, a little more aggressive stick play. You know, things like that. But I think when you have the positional skills and the positional awareness that he seems to have, that's it. That's a much easier transition than someone who has gotten by making spectacular saves in the crease their whole life. You know, scrambling around and just being faster than everybody. That breaks down it just doesn't you can't that's unsustainable whereas a guy like fowler i think has the ability you know with just some subtle changes in mindset and really not even technique just mindset and uh, and and confidence to take a few risks here and there and you know be a little and, and just you know be ready to challenge and i think you know he got a good taste of what his future will be the other night and you know hopefully he'll learn from it and you know all it takes sometimes is just one goal you know one play where you just see ah oh, okay i get it i get it i needed to be there but i was in the right place but i was totally out of control i need to get there in control so i can get back to the other place if i have to and i know how i can do that i can just do i can just push a little push a little further <laughs> you know I thank you my, so much my, ken it's been you know, brilliant you know, I just, I'll go on forever about these guys, you know. Yeah, I know. But uh, your mileage may vary, Montreal. <laughs> That's how we are. We really appreciate you taking the time out of a busy Sunday uh, with the dogs and on the beach. Oh, and very busy surfing Sunday time. with the dogs. Uh, so... Falling off my surfboard. Thank you very much. <laughs> you can follow Ken at Twitter or X or whatever it's called next week. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll be sure to link it in the, in the pod. Just beware. Beware of what you might find there. Thank you so much, Ken. I appreciate you. Hey, my pleasure. My pleasure.